0: We're continuing a series called Inside Out. And if you haven't been here, this is part three. Let not your heart be troubled. It's okay. We'll sum it up for you and and you'll you'll be here, or you'll be right on board with us. Hopefully, it'll make sense. Uh, The series is about knowing your identity in Christ and then experiencing the life you were created to live. There should be substance to the things hoped for evidence to the things not seen. So this is not just a feel good message. This is something that should transform our lives on a daily basis. It should improve our relationships. It should improve our attitudes. It should just in every aspect of our life, knowing that God is present and knowing who we are in him, it should change everything. Just an acknowledgement of his presence in our daily life. And, and that's when we start to experience heaven on earth. And that's our focus here, right? heaven on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal. Not hold on for dear life until someday after I die, but right now. Not right, or, Our focus needs to be right here. God cares about the daily life, kingdom life, right now. So that's what we're uh, focused on in this message but it starts with just your identity, knowing who you are, knowing that you're made in the very image and likeness of God Himself, knowing that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and that he's with you in all and through all your, your very being. So even when you feel like he's not there, he's right there. So all you gotta do is acknowledge his presence. He's not afraid of of your sin. It's not his kryptonite. He's not here today, but then you messed up and you said that potty word and then he's gone. No, he's not afraid of your mess. He wants to help you through your mess. And so knowing that, that you are everything, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as he is, so are we in this world. As you are, or as he is, so are you in this world. All right, y'all, all right. It's powerful. If we really think about it, we, we say a lot of things in the church. Nothing is impossible. Are we living as if nothing is impossible, or are we reacting to everything in life the same way the rest of the world does? Are we re- do we really believe the things we say, or are they just vain repetitions, because that's what we say in church? That's not what I want for Grace Life Church. I wanna, if we're saying nothing is impossible, let's live as if nothing is impossible. Are we stepping out in the areas of our life, or are we too afraid to take a risk? Are we too afraid to step out on the water because we might sink? And it's every worst case scenario. If I do this, then this could happen. Yeah, that could happen. Or you could succeed. That could happen too. Or you could trust God in this situation, and he'll pull you back up on the water when you start to sink, whenever you take your eyes off of what's really important. He did not say, drown, forget it. No, he pulls you right back up to walk right alongside him. That's awesome. That's awesome. So in this series, we've talked about who we truly are, and what that means, we know that God is love and that, that for God so loved the world that he gave everything. But the, what does that mean for us? Well, it changes everything, and we need to understand who we are. In First uh, Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right there, it says you are a three-part being made in the image of God. God is three parts. We are three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And our goal is to live from within, the inside out, from that spirit. And that's your true self. Your true self is that spirit, completely renewed and possesses everything you need for life and godliness. A lot of times we're trying to attain something out here. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. It starts within The kingdom of God is within. Then as you live in that reality, you're gonna start to the the soul and the body, the outside's gonna reflect the inside, but it starts here. And many times we're we're seeking after a lot of things instead of just seeking first the kingdom and living in the kingdom. It's like the the airplane, the, the oxygen mask. You can't give what you don't have. You put your mask on first and then you can help other people. Many of us are so spread thin trying to do all the right things and look like a good little Christian that we're not even taking time for ourselves and living that kingdom life for ourselves. And you think, oh, I can't, I can't say no to this over here. But if you just for now say no to a few things, you'll end up being more of a blessing to others in the long run. And it'll be longer lasting. You won't get burnout. You won't be frustrated as easily. Whenever bad things happen to you, because they will, you'll respond completely different. But it starts within. Work out your salvation. Not work for your salvation. Work out your salvation. That sozo, that real life, that spirit that's within you. Let's work it out. And throughout this series, we're going to get more practical with it, but uh, the last couple, I've just been talking about the importance of this and what it does and how I believe the church should focus we're not here. Grace Life Church doesn't exist as, as um, you know, we're not going to pastor that old man. We're going to bring your thoughts and your belief system toward the new creation. I could sit here and tell you how bad you've been doing, but you already know that. You don't need a preacher to remind you of all the bad you're doing and how you need to stop it. You need someone to remind you of what God truly says about you. And let that, when, when you're so full of that, when the spirit just is expanded, I mean, just when you're so full of the spirit, there's not going to be room for all this other stuff that you used to find fulfillment in. There's not going to be room for it anymore. So rather than trying to stop, let's put our, that same energy towards starting. Starting this new, new life, this new creation. Are we living as if there's a new creation? There's another, there's another uh, vain repetition that we t- say all the time. I'm a new creation in Christ. Okay show me. No, we just say it. Let's not say it. Let's be doers of the word. And your true self is that spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And as you shift your focus to that, it'll start to overflow into your soul, into your body. You don't have to believe God for a breakthrough in your life anymore because you're living in the kingdom where there's no need. There's no lack. There's no sickness. We don't, there's no room for it in this body anymore. I haven't arrived, but I've left. You know, I mean, I still battle things and I respond to it differently. And when I don't, I know that my focus is on all this out here. I know that whenever something comes against me and I, I, I get defeated or frustrated or uh, offended or whatever, this ne- uh, negative emotion comes out of me, I know that I've been trying to live from the outside to change the inside. And it's the complete opposite of what we're created to be. So I want to go back through this verse a little bit this morning because there's some things I don't know about you. I'm just going to, I can only tell you my perspective of things and how I used to look at things, and maybe you can relate, maybe you can't, but it'll be good, I promise. I don't promise, but I hope. Anyway, let's, let's go back. Now, the, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. I used to look at that like God, and, and maybe in my mind it is kind of God sitting on his, his, you know, his big throne up in heaven. And now, whenever he feels like it, then he can reach down from heaven with his big old God hand and touch my life, and then, boom, a breakthrough is going to happen. So now God himself, the God of peace himself, will hopefully sanctify me and make me holy. But sanctifying this verse is, I'll try it, all right, in Greek is hagiazo. Hagiazo. That's probably right. And it means to purify, this is in Strong's Concordance, to purify internally by re- renewing of the soul. To purify internally by renewing of the soul. So that, that sanctification isn't your performance. It's not talking about you acting a certain way and putting your, big, your perfect church face on on Sunday morning so everyone thinks you have it all together when no, none of us do. We, we, we check our baggage at the door when we should be bringing our baggage in and leaving it in here as a, with this renewing process. But the sanctification isn't by acting a certain way, giving a certain amount, reading your Bible a certain amount, spending a, this X amount of time in prayer. All those things are necessary, but it should, all that should be motivated from within. When you know that God's your provider and that it's not up to you to pinch every penny and do everything just perfectly, well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you start to act, it, start, you start to, it changes your life. You become a giver when you understand that God's a giver. When you become someone who loves people when you understand that God is love and he lives in you in every cell of your being. It changes how you go through life, but sanctification isn't an outward work, it's a, re- it's a renewing of the mind. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your belief system resides in your soul. So we talk about spirit, soul, and body. You, can, you can't feel your spirit, that comes by faith. But your soul, you can feel things in your soul. I can say something to you right now and I can make you feel something. I can make you mad, I can make you glad, I can make you sad. I can make you... What else rhymes with add? Nothing does. Okay, so... so <laughs> I went blank. I could not think of a word. No words exist. Anyway, you can feel it in your soul. You can obviously feel things in your body, but the, the way to access the Spirit is through faith. You walk by faith, knowing what God says about you. So it starts with this intellectual, intellectual knowledge, this intellectual understanding. Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the Word of God, and then, as you hear it over and over and over, it starts to, a, a paradigm shift takes place in your soul. And that link between your spirit and your soul is, there's, I could draw it, I won't, but we have the three, we have the circles, right? Most of you have seen it. You have the middle circle is the spirit, that, around that is the soul, and around that is the body. And be, but that line between the spirit and soul is the heart. And when you can believe in your heart, Everything that God says about you is true. That's when it starts to absorb everything from the spirit. But it just comes by faith. You have to convince yourself that what God says is true. And it's hard sometimes in a world where there's a lot of negativity out there. I mean, we could go big picture with with media, social media, the news, politics, government, all this crazy stuff. But even if if you're putting your trust in another person to do everything perfectly in your life, you're going to be very disappointed. No matter who it is, they're going to disappoint you at some point. But if we put our focus on on that perfect spirit and really understand who we truly are, that's when things really change. And it doesn't change them. It doesn't necessarily even change your experiences, but it will change how you respond to them. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. You're not trying to discover who you truly are. You're trying to uncover who you truly are. That spirit on the inside of you is there. Let's get all the lies out of the way. Everything that you feel that goes against what God says about you is just a lie. So that's, our, that's the work. Laboring into his rest is just uncovering what's really there. Stop believing the lies, whether it's your, your own negative self-talk or what other people have said or past experiences. You're not defined by any of that. You're not defined by what you do or what they say. You're defined by what God says about you, and he says that you're complete. Everything you need is on the inside of you. That's good news. That's good news. Oh, God, We're going to become more charismatic. I, I feel it in my bones. We're going to get there. When you convince yourself of who you are in the spirit, your soul and body will catch up. That's where I talk. It's not just a feel-good message. It's not just something we get excited about on a Sunday morning. But it's, it, if you immerse yourself in that reality of who you are, even when it, it seems like you're lying to yourself. Sometimes I get up here. I come in here during the week, and I got I to gotta preach at myself. I get right up here. I hold this microphone, and I preach to a full room. Empty chairs. I don't even turn the A.C. on because I feel like I need to sweat it out. But I get up here and I set my alarm 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And sometimes I get up here and I'm talking about this church. I'm talking uh, I'm praying for each and every one of you and everybody who ever has sat in these chairs and whoever will sit in these chairs is blessed. And they're going to discover it through this church. And I'm made I'm made on purpose for a purpose. And God's called me to pastor this church. And and sometimes I'm 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 saying these words, and it feels like I'm lying to myself, because I don't always feel qualified. I don't always feel like I, I, I'm deserving of the, the call of being a pastor, because I look at the outside, and sometimes I feel like I'm not, the, I'm not that guy, but I know. I know that I'm made for a purpose, and this is my purpose, and so I have to convince myself, and I might do it for two weeks, and every day I'll get up here, and I feel like I'm lying, I'm just going through the motions and I just repeat it over and over because I know I can't forget what God told me six years ago. I just remind myself, remind myself and, and bring out, work out that salvation. Then one day it just clicks. It just clicks. But I have to get all the lies out of the way. And I have to, if faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, I'm speaking that word that God gave me. I'm speaking it out. Faith comes by hearing, even if it's your own voice. Even if it's coming out of this mouth, it comes out, goes right back in. Out and back in. I'm convincing myself that this is true. And then one day, I don't feel like I'm lying anymore. So that's what we have to get all our, our, so, so while we're not living from the outside in, but the other way around. Sometimes we can use the outside, these senses, to to convince ourselves of the truth. So I'll write things down. I'll handwrite it. I got my fancy little Apple pencil here, and and there's something about, for me anyway, uh, writing it down over and over and over. I'm touching it. I'm feeling it. I'm getting another one of my senses. I'm speaking it. I'm hearing it. I don't know how to smell it yet. I'll figure it out. I put put pictures up. I'm seeing it. I, I, and I close my eyes, and that's why I get up here whenever I'm, I'm all by myself, and I'm preaching to a full room. I'm, I'm visualizing this. I'm imagining it. God's given us this power to use these, these senses, but it's knowing the truth. I'm, I know this truth. I know what God's made me for. I know what he says about me, and I'm going to convince myself of it now. But it's hard. It's hard. Some, some, we talk about humility. Humility sometimes is, is we think humility is, is kind of thinking lowly of yourself. But all humility is, is thinking the truth about yourself. So some people think they're God's gift to creation. They're way up here. They need to be brought down. Then there's people like me that need to be brought up. Because I'm the most insecure person I've ever met, I think. Every time I hang out in a group of people and we leave, I'm like, they're probably talking bad about me they hated everything. Why did I say it that way when I could have said it this way? Why? They hate me. Does anyone else relate to that? Okay. It's not good. I told a friend of mine this week, I think I'm the most confident, insecure person out there. I'd probably give off this, this vibe of confidence and I'm the most insecure. Anyway, I'm, this isn't my therapy session. I'm trying to help y'all this morning. All right. Where are we at? Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely or purify you internally by the renewing of the soul. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Preserved. A few weeks I was reading, I've read this verse a thousand times. I've read it to you about 800 of those thousand times. I've used this verse a lot. And that leapt off the page at me. Preserved. Not becoming. Preserving. Preserved blameless. Not becoming blameless through performance. Preserve in the dictionary means to maintain something in its original state. Selah. That's good maintains something in its original state I, I saw this youtube video a while back this guy dug a, a, a winter coat out of his closet um from like 10 years he hadn't worn it in about 10 years which he needs to minimize that house you know what i mean <laughs> i don't own any clothes that are that old let alone anyway it doesn't matter um <laughs> but he reached in the pocket and he found a wrapped McDonald's hamburger in the pocket. And you would think it would be rotten to the core, mushy and nasty, but oh no. Oh no. It was preserved perfectly. Ten years. Makes you think about what you're eating, right? Preserved. Strong's Concordance uh, defines defines preserved like this, to guard, maintain, hold, and it implies a fortress are full military lines of apparatus. It's standing fast in the reality of who you are. It's fighting off the lies that try to say you are not what he says. It preserved blameless, not becoming you start that way and then you're convinced otherwise because you start living from the outside in. You start to look at your performance and say, I wouldn't look at me this way. Why would God? I don't feel righteous. I don't feel blessed. I don't feel healed. I don't feel any of it. It's because we've been talked out of it. I don't feel like God's present. Well, presence. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't pack up and move. He's there. I don't feel it. It's because you've been convinced otherwise. He's there, he, he he, he wants you to experience the benefits of this relationship. Don't believe the lies from the outside. Release that salvation from within. Release that kingdom that's within. But this is who you are. That's when we have to put our feelings aside for a moment and say, no, I'm done believing the lies. You may have done what they say you've done, but you are not who they say you are. You're a child of God, an heir to the promise. Believe it. Expect it. That's what faith is. Faith is an expectation. It's not hoping that things work out your way. It's expecting them to because you know who you are. You know the power you possess. You know who lives within you. We're, we're just living life as if that's not true. That's insanity. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see the body of Christ hurting unnecessarily. His people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. They don't know. That's where we come in. And so as we grow together on Sunday morning in this church, we start to experience it, and then it starts to, and then we can impact the world around us. A lot of times, last week I talked about how Jesus said, those who believe will do the works that I've done, and greater things and so many times we're so focused on changing the world and these greater things that we're not even doing the works that jesus did let's just let's put our mask on first let's let's live it you are the only bible that some people will ever read are we even experiencing this stuff there's that saying that if most christians were arrested for being christian there wouldn't be enough evidence to convict them as, that's not sin. That's not that's not any of that. It's not, are we experiencing the kingdom? Are we actually living this stuff out? Do we even believe what we say? I think we need to wake up. Wake up to our righteousness. Awake to righteousness, Paul says. It's there. Preserve it. Fight it off. Fight off any lie that's trying to convince you otherwise. Your focus shouldn't be on not doing bad. It should be on convincing yourself that you already are who you, who you were created to be. Just buried by those lies. Our focus a lot of times is on not doing bad. I need to, I should stop this. It's hurting me. It's hurting those around me. I need to stop. This is not good for my soul. I need to stop, stop, stop. Don't, don't, don't. No, don't focus on starting this I'm going to start living on earth as it is in heaven I'm going to start this new creation life that we've been talking about our whole lives I'm going to start this now I'm going to feed this new creation and the old man is just going to die off it's going to starve to death when you do that long enough your actions will change your life will change Your expectations in life will change. Everything changes. It's awesome. So quickly, quickly, the test. How do you know whether you're living from the inside out? This is very simple, very simple. In Galatians 5, the apostle Paul wrote about it. He wrote about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And so the flesh, the body, is living from the outside and the fruit of the Spirit is within. We're not defined by our actions, but that doesn't mean we ignore them. And that's where I think people take this message of grace to the ditch, where it's like, oh, God, I am, I'm forgiven, and God already says all this stuff, so woo, I can just do whatever I want, and nothing ever matters. No, no absolutely not. The, one, the only command Jesus left us, left us with, love one another as I've loved you. Some, some people take this and say, oh, you're saying that God's not mad at me whenever I uh, drink that drink or smoke that smoke. Or, you know, and then people take it, they start drinking, they become alcoholics, they get behind the wheel, and they start putting other lives in danger. That's stupid. God loves you, stupid, but you're still stupid. Like, don't, it, this, this message of grace shouldn't say, oh, I'm free to do whatever I want. It should change you. It should change what you want. It should change how you live your life. It was for freedom that we were set free, not to abuse the freedom, to live in it. Galatians 5, 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some people look at this verse and say, well, if you do any of this stuff, that means you're not going to heaven someday. If you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, we know that the kingdom of God is where? Within. I' was hoping for uh, come on folks, all right. <laughs> I hate when preachers do this, by the way. Come on, hello, Amen, Hello? Here I am. Five and a half years, and i finally reached it. All right. Hello. Kingdom of God's within. When do you inherit something? Do you inherit something after you die or after someone else dies? This inheritance is meant for now. Inherit- partake of is what that means in Greek. You're not going to partake of the kingdom. The kingdom is within, but you're not going to experience it if you're all over the place. And it says to, who practice such things. This doesn't mean you slipped up and you made a mistake. We all make mistakes. But are you practicing it? You're going to practice some idolatry? Why do you practice something? To get better at it. This isn't a a slip up. This isn't just something you fell into. This is something that this is your life. You're so busy living from the outside and, and working from the flesh that this is just who you are. And you're seeking happiness. You're seeking fulfillment and all these different things rather than living from the inside out. And so there's works that come with that. I had someone write me. I guess I have a blog post about this on the website somewhere. I don't know. It must be old. But I I talked about that. that this isn't talking about heaven somewhere someday. It's about heaven right now. And he said, "I, I have a hard time believing that a murderer is going to heaven. And I said, all right. Well, that's cool. You picked one out of the list. But what about outbursts of wrath? Jealousy? Selfish ambitions, envy. I mean, Regina said she's envious of our camper this morning, so. Sorry, Regina. (laughs) Keep showing up. We always take everything to this extreme place. Why would someone do such horrible acts? It's because they don't know who they are. And they're they're, so they're responding in life differently than how we should, knowing who we are. So we like to label everything. And we like to be the salvation police and say, you're in, you're out, they're bad, they're good. And it's just like we're missing the point completely. If you're murdering people, you're probably not going to experience the kingdom in your life. outbursts of wrath. I mean, we all do that, right? Most of us. I don't anymore. The gospel message isn't all about going to heaven someday, somewhere someday. It's a very personal message. It's about today. It's an experience to be had every single day. If you're constantly upset with people, You're living from the outside. People are going to let you down. If you think that, oh, I mean, if you put all your trust in people, they're going to let you down. And then we get offended and mad at them when they do. It's like, they're people. Just like you aren't perfect, they're not perfect. And this doesn't, okay, so if you... Are living and you see any of these works of the flesh evident in your life, we have to be mature enough to acknowledge that we're living from the flesh, from the outside. It takes a humility. We got to put our ego aside for a minute. We got to say, you know what, I've missed it and change. So this doesn't justify anything. We're not justifying performance or poor performance or our people that are doing some horrible things. But if we could just be mature enough to acknowledge our own problems and how to fix it, quit excusing things away, well, we're under grace, we're under a new and better covenant. No, that's not what it's about at all. Okay, so we'll move on. So Galatians 5.22, the very next verse, the fruit of the Spirit is love. What's interesting is we just had the works of the flesh, and now we have the fruit of the Spirit works are actually more exhausting when we're going out and trying to fulfill something and trying to find peace from the outside it's actually more exhausting than it is to just rest in the spirit to rest in his love to labor into that rest it's actually it's actually harder and so we're out here trying to get it done and trying to make everything better and we're very performance focused and we're exhausting ourselves it's work but the fruit of the spirit is love Not the fruits. Fruit. Singular. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And how love, the love of God, is manifested in our life is joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. It just grows. Again, your circumstances might not change right away, but your response will those people might still be doing all the same stuff that they've always done, but you'll respond to it differently. You'll have compassion for people in ways that you didn't before. You have peace and joy in your life. You'll have patience in your life. You'll be kind. Is the church known for its kindness? Big picture. No, I'll answer that one for you. But no, the church is known more about what we're against than what we're for. What if we live from the inside? What if we allowed this fruit to grow effortlessly in our life by just walking in the Spirit? When you're living from the inside out, you may have convinced yourself that... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll skip that. We're not even going to go. That'll open a whole other can of worms, so I'm not going to do it. So walking in that love. walking. I used to think that walking in love meant I need to love people. So again, it was, I was taking this message of love and freedom and grace, and I'm like, now I'm making a work out of it, and I have to love people. So even though I don't really like Tony all that much, I'm going to take him out to coffee, but he's the worst, and so I'm going to, but God says walk in love, so I'm going to do it. That's an example, by the way. Tony's awesome. We talked on the phone yesterday. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I've been picking on both of you, because there's like this clear path right to you, so, and I always get the front row, so I'm skipping. Anyway, I used to think that but no, the, it, the walking in love is just walking in that relationship. It's agape, the love of God. We're walking, we're living our life. We're living by faith in that, not through, through this work of I have to love. It's resting in his love that produces love in action. Does that make sense? So we even take all this amazing stuff that's available to us, and then we make it Harder make it hard work, and it's like, no, love just grows, and how it manifests is going to look differently, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm sure all of you are going to exercise that last one in the potluck tonight, by the way, self-control, self-control, and real quick, I'm going to close with this, man, I'm like old-school pastor this morning, it's cool, how do you know the love God has for you. We touched on it last week. I'm not going to go, I'm going to touch on it now. But in Jesus' prayer before he was arrested in uh, John 17, 20, he said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you've sent me, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That word glory is doxa in Greek, and it means the view and opinion of. The view and opinion of. So the glory you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may be made perfect and one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Can you wrap your mind around that? It's easy for us to say, well yeah, God loves his only begotten son. The same love, if you can imagine that, the love that God has for Jesus, he has for you. The same view and opinion God has of Jesus, he has of you. If there's ever a prayer that's been answered, I'd say it's this one. Jesus praying this the night he was arrested. Can we wrap our minds around that? That glory that God has for us. That turns into an experience, but it starts with that resting in that. The love that he has for Jesus, he has for you. And then we, we continuously grow in that. It's not just a revelation you get one day, and then you just live the rest of your life. It's a continuous, because if you think you can comprehend the length, the width, the depth, and height of the love of God, You're mistaken, my friend. We're always gonna be continuously growing in that, and that means that there's always more. There's always an abundance of grace. There's always more experiences in this relationship to be had. It's not something that we talk about an experience with God that we had in 2004 and haven't had anything else happen since, or five years ago, or one year ago. This should be a continual uh, experiential relationship on a daily basis. And it might be something big. It might be something small. But are we going out and are we starting our day with that experience? In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, but we all with unveiled face unveiled face that means this side of calvary this side of the cross this side of the resurrection there's nothing blocking our view of who god truly is anymore jesus came and he showed us the true heart of the father he revealed the true nature of the father in hebrews 1 we don't have to go there but it's he says that he is the exact representation his mirror image if you want to know what god looks like look at jesus so we see him with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as you look at God with unveiled face you see his glory you see his view and opinion of you and it just keeps going there's glory and there's glory and there's glory and you keep growing in it we don't get to a certain point and then you just coast on out there's always more to be seen there's always more to be experienced isn't that exciting That is exciting stuff. We have to get all the lies out of the way, stop seeing ourselves as unqualified, unlovable, unacceptable, and know that as he is, so are you in this world. And the power that's in me is greater than anything in this world. So stop allowing your flesh to run the show and live from the Spirit. and You're going to see the fruit change. You're going to start responding differently. The, the unforgiveness, the offense, the, the low self-esteem, it's going to melt away. The low expectation on life. You are a child of a king. Royalty. Is your ex, does your expectation lie with that? Or does it lie with, just, with everything else that the world says? That If, if the economy is going to collapse, that means i got to pinch every penny. Are we living with a kingdom mindset? Are we going to continue to be givers when it seems like the world around us is collapsing? Are we going to continue to love people when there's a lot of hate out there? We have to ask ourselves these questions and then be mature enough to acknowledge it. This is where I am today, but I'm done living here. I'm done settling for anything less than heaven on earth. I'm done with it. So, this week, I think I was thinking a lot about this, and I've been doing this a lot more lately. First thing in the morning, just make it a point, drinking your coffee or whatever you do, when you wake up, just say, Lord, show me your love today. I promise you, you will see it. He will show it. And I think He's been showing it this whole time. You were just blinded by it. It might be something big and profound, or it might be just something little. I know this lady, she walks around and she sees these little heart-shaped rocks all over the place, or everything's heart-shaped, and she just, oh, that's God showing me his love today. At first, I thought it was kind of hokey, to be honest, but now I'm like, that's awesome, because she's continuously looking. Man, God loves me. That changes our expectation in life. It changes how we respond to everything. Isn't that good? That's awesome. I'll stop there. How about that? Amen? All right, let's pray.